Hi everyone, welcome to episode 24 of The Green Room. Uh, I am here with my colleague Nick uh, and Harry. Hello. Uh, they're still off camera eventually, she'll come on camera. Um, and uh, we have had a little summer recess, um, but we're now back and raring to go. Continue where we left off. How is everyone? <laughs> well, James, the real question is how are you? Yes. I'm oh, very well. So oh, the team well. has expanded. <laughs> not in this room but yes yeah. yes so hello baby so uh, that's you must be very tired uh, no I'm alright she's doing alright she's good she's good she is uh, sleeping through the night so life is a-okay good, um, but it's all good, very good shirt, choice of shirts there <laughs> thank you well it's quite nice and bright isn't it yeah we're going to have to do some things, things with a colour tonality afterwards so you know people don't get blinded <laughs> on the other side is there have you gone for a bit of colour on your shirt yeah I have you dropped a bit all of food purpose, food know, down in front yeah. it's a nice sort of uh, gel frazy type gel frazy yellow gel yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think more bolty but yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway have you had a good last sort of six weeks yeah, it's been all right. It's been all right. A bit yeah. of summer. A bit of summer towards the end. You know. Enjoy your holidays. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I was working, but... Always working. Nick, you never holiday. How are you never holiday? Anyway, what, uh, uh, what's, what's the topic for, for today? So what we're going to do today is we're going to do... Um, it's going to be slightly haphazard, uh, but it's basically we're heading towards cooler weather, although it's relatively warm outside today. Um, but we're heading towards the cooler weather, typically, sort of beginning of September, heading into October. So we're going to do um, a few tips to sort of prepare for the winter, things you can do, save a bit of money. Um, and so, uh, and this all stems, actually, from me at the weekend, last weekend, um, getting someone, I got an email about my boiler being needed to be serviced. Okay. And so I thought, right. I need to get this done, and then I have done it, but they found all sorts of issues. Really? So from that, I thought it's quite new, though, isn't it? It is a new boiler. Yeah, um, they uh, have found a couple of issues, so they're just trying to fix it all at the moment. So that's cheap. Um, however, first tip: you no, should good. get your boiler serviced now because it is quicker. Number one, it's a bit more convenient because you can decide when it's going to be done. Um, as in people are less busy and it also tends to be cheaper to do it now rather than when it's freezing cold and everyone's boilers are on the blink and then it's very expensive to get a boiler engineer out. That's true. So with that in mind, it's in this office. Um, I had a boiler service Did you? this week. Okay. Um, nothing to do with the theme we're going to have but I just thought I'd do it anyway. It's just good practice. It know? is good practice. I always just put it in my calendar every year. <laughs> Bleeps up on the 1st of September tells me to book a mm -hmm. service date for this office. and Favourite okay. holidays, birthday, mm -hmm. Christmas, boiler service. Boiler service on the 1st of September. I can imagine you like a boiler service. Yeah, Do you sort of good. follow them round with your notepad? No, I didn't. I, full trust. Full trust. Okay, good. In the professionals, you know. That's what you should always do. Trust the professionals. You know, yeah. if they are on... Uh, the gas safe register. Exactly. Gas safe register. But also, you know, sometimes you can get them actually recommended by a manufacturer. Okay. So... That's yeah. what I did, to be fair. Valen boiler. Yeah. So Valen boilers, this is a bit of a plug for Valen. They're not paying us, but maybe they should be. So if you have a Valen boiler installed and they give you a warranty, yeah, yeah, and I, I think that's pretty much still the case. If there is something going wrong with the boiler, and in my house it's not the boiler, it's a pipe boiler, but if there's goes something wrong with the boiler, they will not send out um, the engineer who installed it. They will send out one of their own people to come and fix it, um, which is quite a nice, a nice thing to be honest. How long do they do that for? 
Uh, well, this is for the as long as you keep it in warranty. But I mean, this isn't completely proven because I've only had the boiler for a year. But um, that's why they need to service it every year. So while you were just talking there, what I've just done is I've, I've gone onto the Valiant website and I've just done a quick search on installers. So I've just put my property postcode in there. And then, yeah, up they pop up. So, and, and they give you the results in terms of whether they service, whether they're repaired. And then towards the right-hand side, you can see the distance from the installer to your property. So actually, you know. So it's worth doing. So that's not a bad bit of advice. So I guess with your heating, um, so today, this weekend, go and look at your boiler, find out who made it, go onto their website, find local installers, give them a shout and say you want a service. Yeah? Get things going. Because the worst thing you want to do is wait till it gets cold, put your heating on for it not to work. So that is tip numero uno. Mm -hmm. Second one leading on from that is um, it's actually bleeding your radiators. Uh, so what we tend to do here um, is you go and buy a very, very cheap radiator key. From a any good hardware store or like a eBay or somewhere like that. Mm -hmm. um, we've got an audience now looking through the window. Right, go away. Always do. It's a bit like. Oh uh, God. It's a bit like what is that network? Fox Network or BBC? Yeah. You know when they sit on Times Square. Exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, dreadful. Um, anyway, so you go and uh, so go and buy one of these things cheap, and they are really really cheap. If you look on Amazon now, and I'm not trying to. I think they're about three quid or something. Aren't they? Yeah. And then, but what you're basically doing is in your radiator, <clears throat> they become less efficient as air in the system gets trapped in the radiators. And so the air sort of builds up at the top. So you have a key and you release the air. So you just put it Which in. makes sense because what your radiator system is doing is pumping warm water around, yeah. around your. And, and you, you, you can feel it, right? You can yeah. feel it. So if you have a radiator and it's bleeding, if you touch the top of the radiator and feel cold, and as you move down, you'll basically find the level of where the hot water is because it'll suddenly get hot. Now, they run a lot more efficiently and they heat more efficiently, obviously, if the whole radiator is hot. So um, when you're doing it, when you bought your radiator key, you basically you go and get a tea towel or something like that um, because when you release the valve, eventually water will start pinging out and it tends to be really dirty. Mm -hmm. Super gross. Yeah, it is disgusting. Right, so just maybe a tea towel that you're not too worried about. Mm. You know, if you're saving one from a coronation, for example, <laughs> then then probably go for go for something a little bit different. But your, your Archie Markle tea towel. Exactly. Um, so uh, so just go and get something you know that you don't mind wasting, but definitely have that ready because mm -hmm. otherwise you'll get sprayed with kind of hot, potentially sort of mucky water from mm -hmm. inside your heating. I mean, system. ideally, don't do it when your heating's on. No, no, don't do it when your heating's on. <laughs> Um, but the other thing is if you have a pressurised boiler, right, so if you have like a, a hot, big hot water stone, like a mega flow type mm -hmm. of thing, or what are they, Joule? Joule or uh, Valiant actually do one as well. Okay. So quite a few actually, Ariston. One of the issues I think when, well, it's not I think, but when you release the air out of the radiators, potentially your pressure in your system can go right down. So you need to repressurize your system. So if you're unsure of how to do that, get a gas engineer mm. a plumber to come and do it for you it is actually really simple when they show you how to do it it's incredibly easy or just follow the instructions on, on your um, on your heating system yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but you so can repressurize it so I've got a combi boiler so I do it on the on the combi it's quite easy it's two, two valves yeah so, <laughs> and then <laughs> <laughs> have you never done this have you 
I'm a renter. <laughs> I just, just call the landlord in. Is that what you do? They so if, if your, your boiler, boiler broke, you'd call the <laughs> landlord. You wouldn't even look, could you? No, I'd 100% call my landlord. I'd pay a lot of money for them to sort out the problems for me. Right, on to the next one. So we've got pipe lagging, and that's an interesting one. That's an interesting one, particularly if you've got a cold water tank in, up in the loft mm -hmm. area. So what you don't want is, because obviously you are um, insulated right above the ceiling, so you're trapping the heat, getting into the loft space, so all that cold air is going to travel through the uh, external roof. And if you've got a cold tank, uh, obviously you don't want it to freeze, because that could be... So we're, so we're basically, obviously it's easier if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see, but you're stopping the heat at your ceiling mm -hmm. of your top floor in your house because the insulation is just above it. And so any space above that is very, very cold. Yeah. Yeah. And your cold water tank, which is giving you the pressure in your heating system, is there. Mm -hmm. And it suddenly um, it can get very cold, like freeze. Yeah, yeah, and, and then the tanks are worried about. So you want to do that, and, and you want to put something around the tank as well. But also, I was just going to say, so on on the where you've got the hot tank, where it's returning it back into you know to your bathrooms or to your taps, you're probably going to have a run from the hot water tank. So in your airing cupboard, so you want to uh, lag that as well. That'd so lagging great. is what? What is lagging for for our viewers, so, for our listeners? So the easiest thing is it, it's a. Uh, it, it's basically it's an insulation cover that you can put around your pipes. Yeah. Uh, it's made of of a material that that is a bad conductor of heat. So you can you can normally take these things up. So you wrap right. it around the pipes. They kind of come split, don't they? So if you walk into B and Q and you buy one, it's already got and basically someone's run a knife down it. Obviously not in real life, but and therefore it just wraps straight around your pipes. And then you can just tape it off if you don't want it to to get loose. Yeah. As well. Um, it's good. I'd, I'd say you get more, it's much more prevalent than saying commercial premises because there you, you tend to get kind of real large systems and lots of pipe runs. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you can still obviously get in domestic. So it just depends where your your, water, your hot water is coming out um, and, you know, where the pipes are getting exposed. Mm -hmm. um, and it makes a big difference? Yeah, it makes... It depends any, on the any difference. Depends yeah, on the depends on yeah, but any difference is a good difference, you know. Yeah, true. Especially on an old property with like loads of exposed pipes and whatnot. Yeah. Um, exposed pipe work and it stops them freezing. So. Because they tend to run under floorboards, and they normally they're quite accessible. Yeah. And so if you can access them and do it, yeah, yeah good that's idea. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, so while we're on the hot water side of things, um, so hot water jacket. So if you have a system boiler, so if you have a, a kind of mega flow or a valent hot water tank or a dual hot water tank, for example, and you're, you've got a whole pressurized system in your house, they have insulation built in. But if you have a, um, a gravity-fed uh, boiler, so just a regular boiler, um, with so you've got your cold tank somewhere in the roof, typically they will be big copper tanks aren't they mm -hmm. they're big basically tanks that are storing the hot water in so they need to be insulated some of them now have insulation they come with insulation newer yeah, ones fun. come with insulation fun, yeah. right that's a good point though because i i have this argument with my mum who just got a new hot water tank and she's got one of the ones with the built-in insulation and whatnot mm -hmm. and i said she should probably get a hot water jacket for it anyway put some extra insulation on it because I'm of the opinion that you can't insulate too much. The rules of diminishing returns. Do you think? In there. I reckon days of... So according to SAP, is they come at least with 50mm internal. So they come with 50mm internal insulation, but it's not like wool. It's like a PIR, right? So it's a better insulation. So the first centimetre does more than the next centimetre does more than the next centimetre mm -hmm. and so forth. 
they, I imagine, will have optimised or decided the best way to get the best sort of space saving, because you've already got this tank in your house, and if you're in a flat, for example, this tank is taking up lots of space, so you don't want it to suddenly have 300 mil of insulation on both sides of it, because that's obviously going to take up more I space. I mean, the easiest test is if you put your hand onto the plastic cover, normally they are not even lukewarm, they're just kind of room, room temperature. I'll be there in two weeks, I'll get back to you. <laughs> Well, then, we'll check my we'll box for feedback. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'd love some feedback. <laughs> we got some good feedback this week on YouTube. Uh, we did, yeah. There was there was a couple of a couple of comments you actually. Always get good feedback. <laughs> there was a scathing comment about uh, ecological paint, which I wasn't quite, quite yes. sure about. Yes, no, there was. I saw that. I saw that. So, yeah, uh, I don't know whether it's the UK market or another market. But if yeah. if you were if you didn't want to make a comment on YouTube, but you wanted to do one, you know, if you were listening to us, where where would you listen? So I'm just breaking this up. <laughs> You're just bringing this up halfway through. No, I'm just bringing it up halfway through because normally we sort of say at the beginning and people fast forward, or we say at the end and they fast forward through that. Whereas if I say it now, they'll have to watch. We may have trapped them. them in. <laughs> Trip them in. Go tell me where we can listen so, to us. Podbean, Spotify, TuneIn, and Apple Podcast and Stitcher. And Stitcher. Yeah, there we go. And you can go onto our website, the Green Age website, little button that says podcast, and you can subscribe. Um, and do subscribe. Yeah, and or, listen. Or watch on YouTube. Or watch on YouTube. If you want to see my shirt choices. Uh, I have advice against it. Fine. Okay, sorry. So I just threw that in. Um, right, so then we're going to, and you touched on it earlier. So loft insulation, uh, very good and cheap and easy method to increase your energy efficiency. What is loft insulation? Essentially, I walk up my hatch and... I peer over the loft and I look look at what's above the ceiling, and if I can see the joists, it's not very good because that means what does that mean, James? No insulation, Nick. No insulation, <laughs> or or if you've got one of those, I don't know, property say they were built 25, 30 years ago, the insulation might have been pressed down, so it's not very good. Yeah. Um, what well, it's, it's not doing what it's meant to, basically. Unless trick question, though, unless the insulation is up in the rafters. In which case, it would be a warm room, but it'd be a very inefficient way unless you're heating that mm. space. But um, uh, yeah, so if you're, if you're like most folk, you've got a conventional loft, which is a, just a storage space, cold storage space, you'd want to insulate above the ceiling. So we've got a good uh, couple of videos that we talked about how to do that uh, previously. Um, but obviously, the more insulation, the better. So obviously, if you can see, if you've got some insulation in there, it doesn't hurt to get a few more rolls and then just to put them um, diagonally or, or at sort of 90 degrees across the joists just yeah. to give it a bit more. And, and the insulation itself, the, the, the whole point about the fibres is they, they've got to be nice and loose. Because they're trapping air, right? Correct. So um, basically you don't want to be pressing and Well, you can board, if provided you use some sort of... Either you extend yeah, the joists and then you leave the insulation on there nice and loose. Um, but we, you don't want, to, don't want to press down because yeah. then that would uh, diminish the quality of the insulation that you're, you've got up there. As my insulation expert, um, yes, what, you, <laughs> what uh, would you say is the best kind of loft insulation? Cheapest. <laughs> of course. Um, I I'd would go... depends on the lifestyle. Well, if it's cost, you're absolutely right. I did, so I'd go, to, uh, right now, if you go into a hardware store, a hardware store, hardware store um, you can buy insulation. They tend to have offers about now to encourage people to do it for winter. Which is a bit weird because normally, as you'll come into season, people charge more for stuff. But for whatever reason, with insulation, it's it's the other way around. So if you walk into B and Q, do it now. It's still summer. Um, they exactly they they will give you. It's normally buy two rolls get a third free something like that. It's all very very similar in terms of thermal efficiency. If you're looking at wall type insulation, 
Yeah, so if we look go sheep wall or we're going glass or rock wall, whatever it is, you're not going to get vast differences in the thermal performance. So it's basically all then about thickness. Yeah, so 100 mil of sheep wool will be very similar to 100 mil of rock wool. So they work the in the same you want to get loads more? I would, yeah. Um, but if I was, so say if I was, you know, I didn't want to do all that loft lifter extension, I wanted to bore the whole loft, I'd probably go PIR board. So why get, would you go PIR? Because basically, so you'd save the space for the thickness that you use. So say my joist is, is about 100 mil thick. Mm -hmm. I could get a 100 mil PIR board have it nice and flush with my joist and then just put the boarding out over the top yeah and so basically it's much more firmly effective so it, it firmly is effective yeah for the, for, the, for the sizes yeah because it's it's unlike the um the, the wall product where it's trapping uh the wall there the the pir board basically slows down the movement of the heat from one space to the other do we know the equivalent to so if i had a hundred mil of pir that i'm putting on the spot here what would the equivalent thickness of a wall insulation be? I don't know if we've got a calculator here, but um, Lambda, you're talking... You've got a calculator up in your brain. So uh, PIR is talking, what, between 002 to 0022? Yeah. And uh, loft is all... Okay. Yeah. Point uh, 036? Or 038. Like, just depends on the product. I'd go 0038. It's going to be... So you're going to go about 180 mil? Yeah. Or... Yeah, roughly. I mean, this is this is kind of frequent, yeah. But no, no, that's what we're looking for. So it's 100 mil PIR versus like 150, 180 mil of, of mineral wool. Oh, God, mineral wool. Right, so it's a lot more mineral wool. So take the, higher, take, take the higher over the lower number and then multiply by 100 and that's what gives you your loft, loft insulation. Oh, sorry, mm. wool equivalent. Yes, uh, but how much more expensive? PIR is super, It's a lot more expensive than the wool products. Like twice as much, 10 times as much? Good question. <laughs> I'd, I'd say it'd veer on the, on the 10 times as much. And then also, in terms of the labour effort, you're going to have to cut board by board. So it'll be considerably more labour intensive. Where the loft, you just lay it across, or sorry, in between the joists and then across once you've got to the depth. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's probably about five times more expensive, give or take. And then, but then obviously, if you're looking at sheep wool insulation, right, which is a premium product, it's breathable, it breaks down formaldehyde and other nasty VOCs. I'd say if you're, looking for, if you're looking for PIR board for your loft, speak to someone like EWI store. That'd be a good idea. Yeah. Um, and if you were looking for sheep wool, where would you go there? Oh. Your well, local farmer? No, no. You, you need the stuff. It needs to be, it needs to be um, chemically bonded or ionised, is it? Um, to, to stop the infestations of uh, moths. Because they like, like to that. eat so it. So you can't use normal, normal sheep wool because it'll just... You get a We've had people do it as well. We've it's had not people, a good idea. It's yeah, not you, good need idea. To, you need to have the, the actual product. It needs to be treated. The, thing, be treated, the thing about um, sheep wool, if you are buying sheep wool insulation, is to make sure that it's 100% or close to 100% sheep wool because a lot of places will say sheep wool insulation is like 5% and then the rest mm. is. And then plastic behind it. Right, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, they charge you. Purpose, yeah. um, okay, well, does that, I mean, we've done lofts in lots of details in previous episodes. So, should we move on from that one? Yeah. So a really good one, actually, and, and most of it is because we have convection heating systems at home, i.e. we feel warm because a room has warm air in it, right? And so if said room no longer has warm air in it, we feel cool, yeah? The best way, or one of the cheapest ways, because they're quite innovative, cheap products to do it, is draft-proof your house. Mm -hmm. So things like chimneys, if I've got a really, really warm room and I've got a big open chimney in the corner... 
Then the hot air just literally goes up and out. What would you use? What's your favourite product there? Chimney Sheep. Why is that? Uh, chimney Sheep are good because they, unlike the chimney balloons, they don't deflate. Yep. Um, they are... Putting anything up to a chimney can be dangerous if you have fires. I want to make that very clear. They've got a stick. It reminds you yeah. either you've got it down there. But also you just need to use a bit of brain. If you Just it'll tie something to it, like a little, I don't yeah. know, like a charm or some, a piece of ribbon. Something. And that's, but that's the case with them all, especially if you have a balloon up there. Because, you know, if it melts and you've got burning plastic in your chimney, you've got all sorts of issues. But I think the, um, the chimney sheep is kind of the neatest way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, our, so we've got... A, old house and there's a chimney and the stuff all just falls down when the weather's rubbish because mm-hmm. it hasn't got a cow on the top the chimney sheep I know this is a bit lazy but it kind of like holds everything up there on top of it mm. and then you can then put like some plastic sheeting out and pull it down and then all the stuff comes out but you can do it once a year rather than it just, just happening I've just had my chimney, chimney rendered rendered? yeah internally? externally oh, <laughs> um, it's getting a bit of moisture is it looking nice now? Happy yeah brilliant Bit of T25. Okay, good. Bit of um, right. So, but no, so that's draft proofing chimneys, but then. So, that's reel them off. Right, what else? So, you can do in between the, sk- the skirting and the floors. Yeah. yeah. You can do actually between the floorboards themselves, the gaps between that. You How can, do you do floorboards? Uh, some thing with a credit card, that might be cool. <laughs> so, so there's, there's a few ways you can. If you can access no, underneath. Actually, credit card, sorry, you just use it to wedge that. If you can access underneath, yeah, you'd make a little. Um, <laughs> Oh no. Is it the e- what's You'd it called? make e- a little s- eco thumb. Just just carry on, don't worry. It's we'll stupid do that. new yeah. coffee machine. It will always do that, yeah. So you can put a little like hammock of insulation yeah. underneath all the joists. It yeah. If you've got access underneath, right, yeah. underneath your floorboards, and you put wool in this hammock, basically you just staple on the net and put the insulation underneath. So if you've got a, so this is an interesting one. I just did an EPC not too far away from here, and it was one of those properties just by the Thames. And they are effectively built on stilts, or rather, you know, they have a structural wall, but they are sort of really suspended. So mm-hmm. you can go down into the cellar, and it's you've got a big, big void, but it's so easy to access the floors. So yeah. for that, it would just be the easiest, you know. And it is worth doing. That's, that's the best way, because you get insulation benefits and you stop the drafts, because mm-hmm. obviously you've got a solid thing beneath the floorboards. The thing you were talking about, because we used to do a little, we used to, Sell it, right? Mm. There was a product called Draft X. That's it, Draft X. And it's like a little bit of spongy... Material. Yeah, material. That you squish between all of your mm-hmm. floorboards and then it kind of expands into the void. Uh, and works quite well. You just need a huge amount of it. Because I was always of the... I thought, it's relatively good value, you're right. But it's a 25-metre strip. But if you have a room that's like, you know, four by four metres, mm-hmm. then if you've got... 30 floorboards mm-hmm. it's suddenly there's quite a lot of material yeah. you have to use yeah. it's quite fiddly so the accessing underneath is the ideal yeah other things that are really simple and allow you to kind of avoid that is laying carpets or putting yeah. down a big rug mm-hmm. yeah because it just stops all of that air coming up through the floorboards um so that's a lot so easier. different things you can do the floors then just reeling them off so for, for under doors you've got the the little uh, uh draft excluders the sausage draft excluders mm-hmm. um what forget the animal ones, but what they call the always forget the name Dora. Dora, that's it. Dora, quite good. Um, you've got on letter boxes. You've got um, drop. You've got the what the letter boxes with uh, with the, the baby clothes. Yeah, 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 and have magnets as well. And so although your post will be all scrambled up, 
At, yeah. least, at least you'll be in the knowledge that uh, you won't have any drafts coming through your front door. No, it's a, it's a good idea. So blocking around doors, and you can also use, again, it's it's not a million miles actually from the stuff you put between the floorboards, but it's an adhesive-backed rubber product that you can basically put around the door frame, mm. and then when the door closes, it obviously creates a, a sort of airtight seal, and the same thing would then work in the loft space. So on your loft hatch, when the mm. loft hatch falls, you know, we don't want hot, nice hot air that we paid for with our heating system to travel out through the loft hatch. I know this one might be obvious, but just close your internal doors yeah. to stop the drafts. Yeah. So nice and easy. And if you have um, a conservatory, uh, which you don't, do you? Because you're not a massive fan, I seem to remember. Not a fan of conservatory, but I've <laughs> seen a lot that have been, you know, but you know when they're open, headaches for lots of people. But you know when they're open into yeah. the house, well, what you can do is, because obviously yeah, because. if it's, exactly, if it's single glazed, then it gets very, very cold in there. During the winter months, you can, as you say, get heavy curtains mm-hmm. um, and basically separate, make it two distinct rooms. Mm. Uh, so you can enjoy you can enjoy those warm sunny December mornings, but uh, as soon as it gets to about lunchtime, the sun sets. Are you convincing you towards uh, towards conservatives? I think we are. Not. I think we're winning. <laughs> Absolutely we'll get you. Yeah, we will. First rendering chimneys, next conservatories. <laughs> um, right, so that's draft proofing. I think. But draft draft proofing is a good one because it's really cheap, and people tend to have kind of specific areas that are very very cold and problematic. And so it tends to be cheap to find a solution for those different areas. Mm-hmm. So that's a good one. Um, sorry, next. Uh, something we did to, to this office uh, a couple of years ago, we put uh, thermostatic controls, particularly the TRVs, so the thermostatic radiator valves on, yeah. the, on the radiators. Because what I was finding was um, it was just so difficult. So whereas downstairs not used as much, uh, but, so this room just gets particularly hot anyway, all times of the year. Mm. Um, that, that upstairs... Uh, People needed it more, whereas downstairs it wasn't being used. So, so obviously the the easiest thing there was was to close the, or reduce the ones downstairs by having a TRV turn right down. Yeah. And then the upstairs uh, rooms so right up, so everyone's nice and warm and cozy. So that's that's one thing we did. And we also, um, yeah, we've got a obviously you can't see it there, but Harry can see it. Is a, a thermostat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that controls pretty much the the heating uh, in in this office building but you can get a lot more sophisticated than that how can people get very sophisticated they well they can go you can you can basically now spend as much as you want on future proofing your house and putting full automation in your house so i've gone for the pretty easy nest thermostat Mm. so this thing is it's it's, all it is is really a thermostat it's just it looks prettier than your normal ones and it's a bit more intelligent and what it allows you to do is from my phone here, you know, my wife is at home now with my little girl, that I can turn the heating right down if I want to give them a little surprise. Uh, or I can turn the heating up, but I'm, you know, but I can do that from here. But it, that would be useful if you leave the house, you forget to turn down your heating. It has, yeah, a, it has you, a fun, uh, fun, it has a fun to me function where um, uh, you can connect your phone, so you connect the app to it. And it can um, sense when you're on your way home. Geofencing, geolocation. Right, and it, t- and it senses when you're on your way home. It turns, it turns the heating on. When you leave. Is that the Nest now? Yeah. Oh, I used to have it Got version one. It's a notes, and it's really clever, that sort of stuff, you know, and it allows you, whereas the traditional sort of programmers allowed you to do it, and people only set them up, you know, for, it would come for two hours here and two hours there. The Nest app, 
uh, allows you, and there are loads of these intelligent heating systems now. Hive is another big one. Yeah, Heat Genius. Yeah. Uh, We've got um, uh, Neo. Natapno? No, what did they do? Yeah, what's. There's, uh, There's loads of them. We've got Heat Miser. What's the one that the guys that we met? Remember that system that Eco-Genius. I really liked? No, no, no. There was a system. Eco-Genius. No, the old company, the old school company, the big one. Oh. Uh, do you uh, know the ones I mean? Yeah, but it's. What the hell was that called? We'll pop it in the, uh, in yeah. the description. Yeah. But, but basically, so, so, th- so I've just got a simple thermostat, right? But it allows me to change the temperature of my house like 100 times a day if I wanted to. And it really begins to sort of learn what your uh, behaviour is and try and heat accordingly. Um, but if you want to take it a step further, on the radiators you were talking about, TRVs, which is kind of allowing certain amounts of water to go through, certain amounts of hot water to go through at different mm-hmm. rates, right? So radiators seem hotter than others. Mm-hmm. But you can get ones now that are changing their recording temperatures in rooms. Yeah. And they are allowing only as much water through to get that temperature. You know, they, we've got quite some clever systems. Or now. they just turn, or they, yeah, as you, they come on and off as, as or if you've got, sorry, under, if you've got a proper manifold where you've got underfloor heating, yeah. it's even better because every room then has has its own thermostat. And exactly, you can, and, and you can do, but there's, all these systems now work incredibly well. Mm. And they've, and I think when we first started doing what we're doing, uh, 2011-ish, the systems were right in their infancy and they weren't. Amazing, amazing. This is really weird because you've got a little just, video and I can no, see my no. hand expressions and they're the same no, in the video. No, it wasn't that. It was, this, it was this comment and I promise you it's not a planted comment. Fine. Um, but it was, uh, but I think that that's quite an interesting thing now that they've evolved. You know, Google yeah. has just spent a huge amount of money on Nest and it's now Google, Google Nest essentially is this whole brand. Alarm systems. Yeah. And so this home automation thing is becoming bigger and bigger like Windows that a shutting and opening to let Fire. heat in and Fire so I think there is, I think a lot of these things are expensive initially right to install and I'm not going to sit here and pretend they're cheap but if you've got a colder house and a bigger house then they're really clever because they're the ones where you make fundamental savings like you make big big savings if you can get the, it right the issue I suppose you've got is so say you are like the, I think majority of the population that lives in a period property mm. in this country. So yeah. I say, what, 60-odd or more percent of people, properties over 100 years old, mm-hmm. where the insulation quality is not that good. They still might have single glazing or, you know, not that very good loft yeah. insulation, etc. Is how does then the, you know, these systems, well, it's, it's very hard to get it up to that temperature in the winter because you're getting so much heat loss through the fabric. Yeah. Um, in some ways, uh, a lot of folks are, you know, limited in terms of, the effectiveness. Well, that's why we always talk about fabric first approach, Nicholas. Yes. <laughs> the bit, I mean, as you said, the the key is you've got to sort out the envelope first. I guess if, if practically if that's not a consideration, what you might want to do is is prioritize a couple of rooms that you're going to use throughout that day. So say yeah. if, if you you know got your home office and your kitchen, you might just want to heat that and then yeah. turn the heating off the rest of the house, because then you at least know it's. Uh, you know, it's being centered on, on, on the on the places where you where you actually need it and then obviously turn it up in the afternoon, you know, if more If I was gonna invest in heating controls, I would definitely do um, smart thermostatic radiator valves, TRVs, rather than a centralized thing like Nest, because then you can do your different zones and you can have it so that 
I'm in the living room, the living room's hot, the rest of the house isn't being heated, as yeah. opposed to, uh, let's turn the heating on for two hours here, two hours there, because uh, to go back to my mum's house, that's a huge house with um, like four floors, and if you are in the living room and mm. have to go out and turn off every other radiator, you know, she's got like people in and out there all the time, they're turning radiator yeah. valves like crazy, the, you know, yeah. if you've got some kind of smart system, they are expensive. But it's... The savings are big. Yeah. So what about, I mean, okay, so this is assuming that you've got gas central heating, but not every folk out there has got gas central heating, mm-hmm. James. Some people have got uh, old school storage heaters. Yeah. What would you recommend there? So if I had an old school storage heater, um, I think it depends, unfortunately. Say you, you, you had to, so you've only got electric. So if I've only got electric... It depends. Annoyingly. No, no, but it depends on how much money you want to invest, right? Because, so if I've got electric storage heaters, old ones, they're rubbish. Yeah. What I mean is because the theme is thermostatic controls in this particular point, what would you, because obviously you can't necessarily do anything there. You you can only replace them, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. They're they're rubbish, but you can either replace them with new um, storage heaters Right, and storage heaters, just a really quick reminder, they, you basically take advantage of cheap electricity at night, you charge them, charge them, and then release the heat during the day. But the, the issue is with the old ones is you charge them at night and by 10 o'clock in the morning all the heat's escaped anyway, so they're kind of useless. Whereas the new ones store that heat, but they're also thermostatically controlled, etc., etc. So they're really, really good, but they're also 900 quid a piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for a really good one. So that's a lot of money to spend. I would probably take them out, move off economy seven, so that dual tariff, which is the cheap electricity at night and more expensive electricity during the day. I would move to a single tariff where you've got sort of generally it's more expensive than the cheaper rate, but it's cheaper than the more expensive rate mm-hmm. of the dual mm-hmm. yeah, tariff. Does that make sense? So it sort of sits in the middle of those two values, and I would then put in a form of electric heating that was kind of more localised to where you were using the rooms. We had um, an episode on this, didn't we? We did an episode on cheapest forms of electric heating and we talked about it. Yeah, because you can look at heat pumps and all that kind of thing. But if I'm in the in a block of flats on the fourth floor, the last thing I'm going to do is put a ground source heat pump in, right? Because it's mm. just not realistic. Yeah, yeah. So you've, you've just got to look and you've got to look at budgets and all that sort of stuff. Um, we often get asked if there is financial help for all these things. Your best bet at the moment, there is a small amount of funding available, right, via this uh, Eco3 mechanism, but... What does Eco stand for there? NGE Company Obligation. Good man. Um, And it's the third round of funding, and this started quite a long time ago, uh, this this scheme, so we're in the third kind of tranche of funding. Um, I would advise speaking to your local council, because they are actually relatively clued up and if they can't point you in the right direction, they sometimes have emergency funds and all that sort of thing to help people who are struggling with being able to pay for various bits and pieces. Um, is that yeah. fair? Yeah. Just moving so, so on. Go on. Go on to the next one, yeah. So just got to reel them off. Um, is We'll talk about windows a little bit. So we talked about draft proofing. Yeah. But what if, what if you've got single glazed windows? So and, you, and, and you can't say for heritage or for you know expense or yeah because it's expensive What's, to put a yeah, double glaze and then say you're limited you can't really move on to anything else. The secondary glazing, uh, which I think is where you're going with this, is um, it's really clever. Um, number one, it's really good for acoustic. 
insulation so it stops noise coming through. Way better than um, double glazing. Way better than double glazing. Um, it's also a fraction of the price of double glazing. About 15, 15-20% of the price of double glazing? Yeah. Um, and there is, uh, I had in my uh, flat a long time ago, I did a video actually, of when Six we got some, ago. yeah, we got these Ecoes, and they're basically magnetic secondary glazing panels. And I had a big single glazed window and had these panels and you've just put them in. And you can remove them in the summer, which is nice, because that's quite a nice thing to do. It sort of keeps all the features. But then in the winter, when it does get a bit colder, you suddenly have this. Yeah. Helps with noise, keeps the place a lot warmer. And they're really good value. You know, they're, they're fantastic, and they make a big old difference. So, they don't, I mean, they don't make as much of a difference thermally as double glazing would, but they're... For, a fraction of the price. Exactly. Right? So, and they're bespoke, they're made bespoke for your window size. So you put in your measurements, and they send through these these windows to you um so they're eco and they're definitely definitely worth checking out if you're looking at trying to improve the thermal efficiency of windows which is always the weakness mm -hmm. in the thermal envelope so like the outside of your house walls roof etc windows are the bad bit if you were gonna go um with glazing changing your glazing would you do double or triple loads of companies now offering triple for the price of double so go triple. Right. Go with the best you can afford. Um, and what you're looking for is the lowest U value possible. What if you've got double? Would you change it out for triple? Not unless it's Not unless blown. Knackered, yeah. yeah it doesn't make enough of a difference. It doesn't make any difference. Yeah. I mean, it does. But we're talking payback 100 years. Yeah. Um, so those adverts of the 80s when it was going to save 90% on your heating bills. So, so we mentioned eco-ease there, that was, that was quite good. Um, now go back slightly onto the next point, which is about um, financial assistance. So you're talking a bit about eco and all that stuff. But there's, there's actually, so if you are born before uh, 5th of April 1954, and you're entitled to a state pension, and and, uh, or you've got another social security benefit and you're of, of that age, uh, you automatically qualify for a winter fuel payment, uh, which is anywhere between 100 to 300 pounds. Um, and you've got uh, till March 2020 um, to apply that onto your, uh, onto your energy bill. Uh, so that's, that's a universal benefit. Mm -hmm. And then in addition to that, um, which Harry kindly uh, provided for us, you've got the warm home discount, which is a means tested yeah, yeah. So the warm home discount basically, there's uh, they have, they separate the people that can get it into two groups. So the first group are uh, is essentially anyone um, is get a state pension. Yeah, basically, um, and your name is on the bill and whatnot. Um, so then you get this hundred and forty pounds towards your energy bills. Um, the other one, the other people that can get it are the second group. They call it the broader group. Um, and that changes slightly between energy companies, but you have to apply for it. It's not automatic. So if you think that you might, uh, you, if, if you think that you're struggling to pay your bills and might qualify, get in touch with your uh, energy company or go on the website, Warm Home Discount, and you might get 140 quid. Cool. I mean, it comes off your energy bills. It's not just like, take this and go away. But... Okay. Very good. And then any other bits of financial assistance people can get. Is there the um, cold fuel winter payment still? So if, if it's more than seven consecutive days of zero degrees or below, you get an additional... 
Yeah, but it's I can't remember exactly how much it is. It's not very much, and you need really consistently extremely bad weather. And I don't think we should hope for that. No, absolutely <laughs> not. So, 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 yeah, so if, say if you're on high ground or potentially the north of the country where it's a bit colder, yeah. you could get those... Can we, can we move on to the final days. tip? Because I know we're going on time-wise. Yeah. So my final thing is... So as the days get shorter... Yeah. Not generally, because they're 24 hours, but, you know, as, as the light... <laughs> the amount of light, daylight hours get shorter. Um, people are turning on their lights earlier and earlier. Moving to LEDs. Uh, so LED lighting is just a no-brainer. Because you swap out your old bulbs. Don't wait till they blow. Go and change them now for LEDs because they will pay back within no time at all and it will make an enormous difference to your electricity bill. It's nothing to do with heating, but electricity is about four times the price of gas, i.e. electric to heating. Um, and so if you can start lowering your, heat, your electricity bill, you're going to save a lot on, on your energy bills. Um, so I would really, really have a look at that. And especially as it's going to get darker, we're going to have lights on more and more now for the next six or so months. I'd also say with lights, uh, I mean, I know Christmas is a while away, but <clears> we're <throat> starting to think about those kinds of things. I've seen advent calendars already. Shocking. But um, you can get, if, you, if you're the kind of person that decorates your house with um, with lights, then think about solar-powered um, Christmas lights. They're pretty good. And, they, and you might think that it's, you know, not sunny enough during these days, but you don't need... With, with LEDs that you don't use very much energy, you don't need too much And, and also, if they if they don't come on now, that's not a problem, because it's four months till Christmas. <laughs> Look, I'm getting in the festive spirit, OK? I heard you humming uh, Old King Wenceslas last the other day. Um, so, so I think that's it. I think that's our kind of top tips to prepare for winter. Um, have you... Let's try and do news really quickly. We've got some, we've got some more uh, tips we can, we can we've, we've got more tips. on another episode. Yeah, but we've, we've been going on for a long time now. Yes. Not that I'm getting bored of either of your voices. Do you, want to, do you want to just reel off as many as you can think of really quickly? No. <laughs> no, let's save them. All right. Let's save them for another, another blog, video thing. What are we doing? Podcast. <laughs> Good Lord. Maybe I am getting tired. So um, it's, the, it's Friday afternoon oh, while we're recording this. Well, here's some positive news. Um, you know, we've had all this negative news about deforestation in the Amazon, but actually some fine weather, mm. surprise, surprise, in the yes. UK, mm-hmm. has has really well, it's boosted the butterfly population in the UK. So so we, we've had, in terms of yields of, of, of coloured butterflies, we've had the most o- over the last 10 years. So since 2009, it's been a record amount of coloured species. Are you into your butterflies? No, I'm not. I just found it as, as positive news. You know, it's quite positive. We should always negative have positive news. news. No, I mean, looking at some of those pictures, there, they're beautiful. Beautiful butterflies. Mm, they are beautiful. Uh, anyway, I think that's it for today. It's quite late to finish up. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So, anyone else? Any comments? Yeah, maybe we should we should do some news next next episode. Okay, we'll do it with some news. Okay. Or maybe relate it to Brexit, because oh, that'll God. be exciting. Oh. <laughs> oh, I think I'm coming down. No, I don't. Anywho, right, well, listen, thank you very much for listening to episode 24, and uh, we hope that you listen to our next episode, uh, which we will now be recording next week. Cheers. Bye now. Bye.